Hey race fans, welcome to Talking Stock. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number 12 of Talking Stock. Novus playing us in on the strings as usual. I'm here with my co-host Trey. Trey, how you doing? Doing pretty good, Cal. Work's getting real busy, but there's one smooth spot, and that is NASCAR and sports. So excited to talk about it today. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. August the 9th, we are approaching late summer, early fall stretch here. And Trey, that just leads to the best time of the year. We got football coming on. I've seen now this Sunday there won't be a until probably January, maybe even February, who knows, but there won't be a Sunday where our Pittsburgh Steelers don't play. And baseball season's still rolling. Unfortunately, our Pirates are kind of drifting out of the race, but I always enjoy the end of the baseball season and get to the fall classic. And, of course, the playoff stretch for NASCAR. I'm ready for it, man. How you feeling? Yeah, super exciting time, with especially football. Football, while NASCAR is one of my top loves, I still think football, man, just something about Sundays watching the Pittsburgh Steelers play hopefully win um but always exciting and fantasy football and the betting so excited for that but also excited to continue into the the playoff stretch here with uh with our favorite drivers i'd have to agree with that and i tell you what man we have been off spoiled this last bit of the season um it's just been a, a fantastic uh, we'll jump right into michigan here no surprise it didn't disappoint fontana looked great um in, in the next gen uh, you know, very, several people online and myself included were upset to see that track starting to come off the schedule, obviously, for I'm pretty sure land development. So it was a shame to see that. But perhaps we'll see two Michigan dates because that was a damn good race. Yeah, it was it was awesome to watch, obviously, with the the rain kind of spoiled some of it. But I don't think it necessarily took away from uh, from the racing we saw on the track, maybe from when you had to watch it. It was at noon on Monday, which meant I was at work and had to follow up on uh, the recording afterwards, but still was a great race. Um, sucks that with the weather, that wasn't a fluid race. I think we saw that in Atlanta getting cut short. So this I would put up there with the the Atlanta race with the, in terms of entertainment. Yeah, both were fantastic races. Uh, high speeds, good banking. It just makes... It's what's NASCAR supposed to look like. It's traditional. It's, you know, I, I've mentioned several times I love the short tracks, but, you know, Michigan put on a hell of a show. Um, Atlanta put on a hell of a show. The next gen has looked really good at these types of tracks. And Atlanta is strange because that's even a super speedway now. So it's kind of that, you know, Michigan and, you know, Talladega, Daytona hybrid. So it's just, it's a it's a unicorn Atlanta, but the fact that it raced similarly that I think we saw on Sunday um, was really enjoyable. Um, we saw guys able to get up there. Uh, I think if you look at the end uh, with Chris Busher and Martin Truex Jr., you know Busher was able to arrow block, but even though the final pass wasn't executed, I think in the last gen and um, you know prior gen, um, you know, you could get there, but you couldn't quite pass. Um, you know, the pass wasn't executed. I think Truex could have maybe done it. He could have got physical, maybe like Hamlin. But the fact that he was able to race him and not get stuck in that arrow bubble and it just be, you know, blocking five car lengths back, I think made for some really enjoyable racing. Yeah, it did. And this track, 
was the same for vets and for the young guns. It absolutely ate both of them up because this track, they were on edge the whole time. I think the announcers were talking about, you could see them fighting the car and we saw Kyle Busch spin. We saw Chase Elliott spin. We saw uh, Josh Berry spin. We saw Alex Bowman spin. So we saw all of these guys spin that varying talent levels. So this track ate everybody up, which made, I think it, that much more exciting that you saw them truly fighting the race car all day uh, throughout the race. Yeah. And, and several pundits and, and NASCAR personalities have died on the hill that the racing is best when the drivers are challenged. And that's just what we saw on Sunday. They were struggling to hold on to the car. You know, I love, I feel like it's burdened every time these guys are driving on a ragged edge of control, you know, and he's right, you know, but, um, it's it's really enjoyable um, to see what the racing we did. It was a win um, in and of itself for the sport. They've carried a ton of momentum. As a fan, it's been exciting to watch. And unfortunately, if you could nix the rain in this race in Atlanta, you'd be talking like, man, these are classics. I mean, they were they were great in their own right regardless. So fantastic racing, especially, especially between the 17 and 19 down the stretch. But Trey, something we got to uh, touch on here. Since Bristol, which is less than a year ago, this guy has three wins in a team that was all but bottomed out. A Baltimore Orioles-like comeback for the Roush Fenway Kozlowski team. They are back. They've got talent. And I think they're a contender right now. But most importantly, Chris Buescher is a rising star. Yeah. Chris with now second win of the year back-to-back here. Uh, first back-to-back of the season of Benny Driver, I believe. Um, I think so. So, so, yeah, so three wins since that Bristol night race last year. So a crown draw last year, uh, taking this one, which was not an easy one. Uh, and not just the wins this year for Chris. He's been up in the top five. I think he has five or six top five, several top tens. So he's not just winning races. He's being competitive week in and week out. And we're seeing the same thing from his teammate and co-owner, uh, Brad Kozlowski. I think he might get one before the end of the year, but... Both of those Roush Fenway Kozlowski cars have looked great. Uh, but Chris, this could be uh, kind of a Ross Chastain like uh, rise to stardom, like we saw Ross last year, make it all the way to the final four. Not sure that Chris gets to the final four, but uh, I could see him really making it hard for some drivers uh, the rest of the way. I'd have to agree with that, especially because it feels like the Fords have found something down this little bit of the stretch. They're not quite the Toyotas right now. But, man, they're vying for a top spot every week, especially from RFK, which is so enjoyable to see. But as we look into next year, I feel like Chris Buescher is certainly on a Ross Chastain. It's a good comparison where it feels like it's kind of out of nowhere. But, you know, I think there's a lot of potential. But for 2024, we did get the news on a couple different things. Uh, Martin Trex Jr. is now going to be back in the 19. We know definitively for 2024. So retirement rumors are now quashed, at least for now. Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, Martin back in the in the 19 next year. That's one of those guys that makes this sport better. We've seen him on a, just a fantastic run in the last, I don't know, two months. Seems like he's always leading laps, vying for the vying for the win, uh, as we saw this weekend. Even didn't get it done, but certainly, certainly one of the bright sport, spots in this sport. Yeah, Martin is a classic driver. I think he keeps got keeps fans on the screen. You know, it, it, he's an entertaining guy. He's a he's a DEI guy, which there's not a ton of those around anymore. 
so long ago. Um, but he's had a fantastic career, a champion, a Hall of Famer. I'm glad to see him back on the track uh, for a number of reasons. And when he decides to hang it up, I'm sure that there will be some uh, – I don't think he'll do it. I think he'd rather be on a boat somewhere, but I think Truex would have some really good insight potentially uh, in, in some fashion uh, in, in a broadcast role because he he uh, he has had a lot of help on Ty Gibbs, it sounds like, uh, as well as someone like Kurt Busch. I think both of those guys could provide some really terrific insight uh, additionally, for 2024, we heard the front row lineup is now set. So it will be McDowell and Gilliland in the 34 and 38, respectively. And now Zane Smith has been told that it's just kind of his time to look elsewhere. Yes. Yeah, so Zane is one of those guys, won the Truck Series Championship. Uh, thought maybe he could get into a cup car. I know that front row looked at a third charter. They weren't able to get it done. So they were, they kind of told him. And it seems like they're going to assist him, maybe finding a, a cup ride for, for next year, I think could be interested. There might be a few opens openings. I don't know if he'll necessarily jump into one of the top-tier openings, uh, but I think he could find one of those mid-range cars uh, willing to give him a chance. For sure. And the car that we know that might be open, there's going to be a little bit of a contest. We've mentioned John Hunter Nemechek in the past, at least in the short run here, we know for the Indy road course and the Glen, it's going to be Mike Rockefeller in the 42. Trey, how are you feeling about perhaps a road course ringer? We've already had one go to victory lane. We have another. Yeah. I don't think he gets into to victory lane. Like we saw uh, Shane do earlier at Chicago, uh, but definitely a guy that has made his career on road, road courses and other series. So I think that this is a good move for, uh, for the Legacy Motor Club there. I know that Jimmy Johnson and him kind of became friends with uh, the Garage 56 project. Uh, So excited to see what he has to offer. I don't think he gets a win, but maybe, maybe. That'd be pretty long shot odds. I mean, if he does, I'd feel like that car is going right to tech because that's got to be about the worst car in the field this year is the 42. (laughs) But uh, two big races coming up, back-to-back road courses, not usual to the NASCAR schedule, but it will happen this year. And then we've got Daytona. So we go down to three races, three kind of wild card races. And I think it's worth mentioning the standings update because people don't really take into account the regular season championship, but that's a lot of playoff points up for grabs. So Trey, as we sit right now, it's Mark Trex Jr. with a 57 point lead on Denny Hamlin. Then it's William Byron, Christopher Bell, and Kevin Harvick on the top five. Now, I believe if you win it, it's 15 playoff points. So that could be the difference. Uh, between going to the championship four and going home. So that's a big deal. Does anybody catch Martin Truex? I think it's going to be tough with three races left. Obviously, we got two road courses, which can go either way kind of for everyone. There's there's no real rhyme or reason outside of for a few uh, few guys, as you put them, the, the road course ringers that always run at the top. And I don't necessarily know that uh, Martin Truex is one of those road course ringers but he's gotten wins um so i don't think anybody catches him i think he he takes home the regular season title he's just run so well for as i put it earlier the last two months yeah i'd have to agree with that especially because in second in the point standings and with a sizable lead on william byron uh that's denny hamlin not necessarily a road course guy his his skill has improved he's qualified well certainly but i think short of martin wrecking out two of the next three races and Hamlin having to win at Daytona I don't think that he he would pass I believe the 57 points that's a lot so that's a big deal for Martin Trex Jr. as he goes for his second championship and as we go 
to the dreaded Indy Road course uh, this weekend. Trey, I've mentioned it before. It's one of the Frankenstein scrapped together piece of junk road courses. I went last year. Uh, if you like watching racing in about 16 second increments, man, do I got a track for you. It's uh, it's just not really entertaining, um, especially if you're in the pit. Um, the pit area, I believe they call it the canyon uh, in Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And, and I will preface this by saying it's a treat to see Indy. Um, it's impressive how much racing matters there. It's just like going to Charlotte or or Daytona where there's these meccas of motorsports. Um, there's so much to see good places to eat. I enjoyed going to the race, but as far as this being a road course, this needs to go back to one of the crown jewels needs to be the Brickyard 400. And and I think things would be all uh, right in the world, especially with the way the next gen cars revived a lot of tracks like Charlotte, which was declared dead and Atlanta's back now. So they need to get rid of this crappy road course tray. I don't know how you feel about it, but man, I can't wait till the Glen. It's at least a real road course. Yeah, we've talked earlier in earlier episodes that we're certainly not road course fans. You know, we're we're NASCAR fans, which NASCAR is the oval. High speeds, high banking, like that, that's what that's what NASCAR is. I've started to come to terms with some of the road courses, but this isn't one of them. This takes away a crown jewel event. I saw that they list this as like the 30th annual brickyard race. This isn't the brickyard. Like it is the no. brickyard in terms of it being at Indianapolis, but it's not the oval. So you, I don't know how you're classifying. I think it is. I think it said the third. It it's not. Yeah. Nah. It's a it's a facade. It's it's an off brand reboot. It's one of them video games. Your grandmother bought you at Dollar General. You know where it's got it's got sixty games packed in one. You know where it's just it it's just false advertising is all it is. It, it, it's a piece of junk. I, I've gone to it. I wanted to see Indy. I'd never been. Um, and again, I have nothing but good things to say about Indianapolis. It's a beautiful city. They're downtown. Their river walk is fantastic. But this race just needs to go back the way that, that God intended. And that is the oval. And that's how it should be raced. Um, <laughs> but I mean, just looking at how things went last year, turn one was ridiculous. You have Tra- Chastain pulling a Mario Kart move. I just, I, I can't take it. I don't. I want to see it go back to the oval. Yeah, Ross, Ross found that uh, secret passage that that spits you out into the lead magically. Um, but yeah, turn one is the exact reason that you and I have talked that we don't like road courses. It's because people just drive in at nine hundred miles an hour and use the cars in front of them to stop and move people out of the way, and it's just a complete cluster. Um, so yeah, certainly doesn't make for good racing and not even really skilled racing because all your spots are made up in turn one on restarts. So hope we go back to the oval. Um, we talked a little bit there about your experience. Would you go back if it, if it eventually goes back to the oval? I'm sure you would, but. Oh yeah, definitely. Like I said, nothing but good things to say about Indy. The track has so much history to it. There's so much you can, you can see and it's a world center of racing. So um, definitely worth the trip out there, even with how bad the road course is, but it's just not a great race, um, especially because if you look at turn one, it's just not built for stock cars. You know, it's just too narrow to fit everybody in there. So um, I don't know. Not a fan. I don't think we get a surprise winner. I think it's somebody somebody we're expecting, unless it's Van Ginsburg, because, you know, who knows with him? Absolute wild card. But uh, Trey, I'm ready to get into my, our race predictions here. Uh, me and Trey both tag a point last week, one for me with Denny Hamlin, and Trey got one with 
Brad Kizalowski. The lead for Trey is 18 to 13 as we go into this final stretch of the season. And Trey, I'll give you my picks. I think it's going to be Tyler Reddick, last year's winner, kiss the bricks uh, last year. So I'm going to I'm going to stick with him. He's been one of the better road courses. He's qualified well, and I'm going to go with Martin Trex Jr. and the 17. I think they stay up front. I think that's my top 35. Busher. Yeah, I think that the 45 is certainly a good pick. I have him in my top three of five. He's not my winner. My winner is the 2021 winner, and that's A.J. Allmendinger, another guy that's been been a road course ringer throughout his career. We've seen it in all the series he has run, so mainly in the Xfinity and in the Cup series. He is, he's gotten the job done, runs up front on, on these road courses. So I think he ends up kissing the bricks. Uh, Tyler Reddick finds himself battling for the win and gets himself in the top five. I agree. Chris Buescher stays hot. He's always run well at road courses. Uh, winning the last two weeks, I think he carries that momentum into Indianapolis and into the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with that. Got to play the hot hand. And you know what, man? If, if it doesn't hit, it doesn't hit. But I tell you what, Chris Buescher looks damn good right now. But as we get through that, I'm going to mention quickly my long shot because we're not really too worried about that. We don't even keep track of points. But I would keep an eye on the hometown boy, Chase Briscoe. Maybe he goes to victory lane. Um, just maybe. Um, Trey, you have anything to add there? I don't know if I necessarily see a long shot this weekend. Um, but Chase, that Stuart Haas team, we see them up and down all the time. The last couple of weeks, it's been a little more up. I know that maybe the final – uh, positions that they finished this past weekend weren't the the best, but they definitely all four cars ran top 15 for a good portion of the day, and then they had some issues on pit road and different times that kind of set them back. Yeah, I, I, I would uh, even if he was leading with one to go, I would expect a transmission to go on the car because they just have not been lucky. <laughs> um, but you never know. So hometown guy maybe gets a hometown win. But as we get into our final segment here, it's going to be our fan question. This is a good question. I think it was based off a question that was posed to Kyle Busch a couple weeks ago. And we did some pre, we, me and Trey both, you know, thought about it off camera here. And I think we're ready to go. So this is the question. Top five NASCAR drivers since 2000. Trey, I'm going to do some honorable mentions first, and then we can get any honorable mentions you have. We go into your picks. So every one of these guys is a Hall of Famer. I've got. Martin Trucks Jr. is honorable mention. Potential two-time champ the way the season's looking. Joey Logano, already a two-time champ, and he will be on this list in a couple of years when the wins get there. He's remarkably young. And then Denny Hamlin, uh, 50 wins, obviously, several crown jewels. If the road course does is what exists at Indy, technically he has won them all. So um, I think that's my three honorable mentions. And Trey, I'll, I will give the mic to you for your picks. Yeah. I have the exact same three honorable mentions. Um, I think you can make a case for any any of those three to be the last spot because when I hear this question, there's four that instantly pop into my head as the obvious answers. And I think that the fifth spot is even obvious too, but I think that those three drivers could definitely make an argument uh, to get into the fifth spot. But I'll start us off, and I don't know how you want to do it if you want to give all five and then – Kind of talk about it from there. Or go one by one. Um, we can go like we, we can go snake it. You know, we can go one by one. Uh, I'll, I'll work from the bottom up because I do think that it kind of is in order. So, the last guy, the fifth spot, I think he's interchangeable with any of the honor honorable mentions because they're all Hall of Famers, they're all time greats. 
I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick in the four. He's he's the last guy that gets on the list for me. Yeah, he has a championship, 60 wins, uh, going out, maybe not on a high note, but definitely the probably the fifth best in, in the 2000s. Um, we'll keep moving up. We'll keep moving up the list. I think if you want to do it in order, this is where it kind of can get a little dicey um, because I, I think one and two are obvious. Three and four mm-hmm. are interchangeable. So I'll go with my fourth. So that's Tony Stewart, three wins, 49, or sorry, three championships, 49 wins, uh, smoke at number four. Yeah, um, I think this is just a difference of personal opinion because I'm going to go out of limits and have Kyle Busch three because I have Kyle Busch four and Tony Stewart three. Um, either way, both have a couple championships, three for Tony. Um, obviously, um, Kyle Busch, if you factor in his Xfinity and truck wins, he's arguably the greatest NASCAR driver of all time. And if he were to go on a run with Richard Childress and add on a couple more championships, he really would solidify that legacy even further to compete with Dale and Richard and Jimmy. Um, but as you said, um, both both Gibbs guys, I think of them both uh, as the 18 and the 20, even though they are now moving on uh, with both have moved on in their career um, to the 14 and eight. So um, what's your second? Because <laughs> I, I think I know what it is. Yeah, so my second is Jeff Gordon. So I I think that's the right call. Uh, he only had we're looking – Purely at the 2000s, his domination was the late 90s, but into the early 2000s. But can't leave off a, a guy with 93 wins uh, off this list. So I have him at number two, which I think makes number one obvious, despite how much it hurts my heart. Mm-hmm. Dave Blaney. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> number one. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously the 48 uh, can't can't turn away the Hall of Famer. Um, again, arguably the greatest of all time. Every one of these guys have a claim. Like Jimmy, uh, obviously with seven championships, Jeff, all the wins um, in, in his background uh, in sprint cars, Tony Stewart in his background in IndyCar and his ability to jump in anything and be competitive. Kyle winning in all three series. Harvick is a legend. And then you factor in the wins of Hamlin and the championships of Logano and his youth at this point still. Martin Truex's jun- junior's career and the back half has been fantastic. So every one of these guys, such an all-time great. It does kind of turn out to be a little bit more of an obvious question. I think you could debate all day long on the fifth one. Um, but I really have a lot of respect for Harvick, and I feel like he he locks that up in the final spot. Yeah, you could certainly – I think that that's the right top five. I think, as we saw, you can debate kind of the order there. I have Kyle at three. You have Kyle at four. And I think that just kind of comes down to – where, where you value things, I, I moved Kyle above Tony Stewart because of his success in the other two series besides the Cup Series. I mean, it, you can't discredit that. Obviously, a lot of those times he's the more experience, the most experienced driver in the field and the best equipment, so it does add to that a little bit. But two championships, 63 wins in the Cup Series, that's nothing to, to turn your notes up at. No, absolutely not. But a fantastic question. Nonetheless, we appreciate you guys reaching out. As always, we're getting our replies, getting our DMs. Check us out on Twitter at TalkingStockPod. We want to know who you're rooting for and where you're rooting from. As always, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Enjoy Indianapolis. Mm-hmm.